Hey, welcome to this little discussion that we're going to have with a chaotic bunch of people. Right now, the people are not, but it probably will be as new people join. So since we have a small group here, I'd just like to repeat that uh, we started this in 2007. Um, and in 2006, there was a thing called TalkShoe, which was exactly like Clubhouse. And for some reason, I guess it just wasn't the time. And it didn't make it and it didn't get all big deal. But anyway, started the podcast as the Asterisk Users Conference, uh, moved it to the VoIP Users Conference. Then VoIP got a little tired after, you know, 10 years or so. So we changed it to Visions Under Construction. So from there, we started talking about a lot more things than VoIP. I mean, does anybody have anything to say about VoIP, VoIP voice over IP? Anyone? No, I didn't think so. It's still there. We yeah, love it. It. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's great. Bigger than so, ever. And yep. I, I don't know about the United States, but in this country, every line you get is you're talking on VoIP, basically. There is no copper pair anymore. Is that the same in the United States? No. Is there analog tel oh. telephony? Yes. And they charge it's a lot more for it. Oh, There's yeah. still lots of legacy network left. There's um, They haven't pulled out all the copper because they charge $60 to $70 for a copper landline. Makes sense. And you know how much money they're making on it? Probably $59. Yeah, of course. It's all already there. Also, uh, I mean, who's got, who answers their phone anymore? I mean, it's it's all mobile, right? Not me. <laughs> so, yeah, no, even I don't. And at my age, I still won't answer. Anyway, all the phone calls are spam. The, the phone answers the phone for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all spit. AI so, tells my phone what to do. Right. Well, that. I'm glad you said the key word, Andy. So um, let me get everybody's introduction, though, real quick. Um, Michael, everybody knows. Me, everybody knows. John, why don't you say a couple of words about what you, who you are or whatever you want to say? Uh, no? I, I enjoy geek stuff. Um, I spent 42 years at a large university working on IT. Um, and to me, IT at that time said that uh, meant uh, routers, routing protocols, um, the quality of service, those sort of things. And that, that edged me into the, the audio end of things. We ended up replacing 24 PBXs, analog PBXs, big Lucent chassis, um, and uh, did voice over IP for 35,000 phone numbers and, and uh, and it's it's gotten a lot smaller since then. Um, uh, they decided to migrate towards Microsoft Teams, and uh, those of us in the VoIP community said, "Well, that's the end of that. You know, we don't care about quality anymore." So um, uh, that became its own little cesspool, and we worked with the people that cared about audio and uh, people that had to put on a headset and, and answer things and and uh, work with the phones all the, all the day. They still were interested in that. Um, I have since retired from uh, that large university and am now um, happily unemployed uh, and, uh, and working full-time for a church, a church that uh, has uh, IT needs as well, um, doing voice over IP. They have PBX, uh, you know, asterisk, all that stuff. Um, but we're migrating towards the cloud for that 
because you know maintaining hardware is a pain in the butt. So anyway, um, it's nice to work with people that actually say thank you as opposed to the big org that just says you know do your job and don't make any noise. So that's where I am. You need to yeah. migrate over to SignalWire, though, and <laughs> Abby's <laughs> going to tell you how to do that and how easy it is. Abby, you've been there, six, I was just saying, you were there five years. Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, my name is Abby Minasali. Uh, I'm the engagement marketing manager over at SignalWire, which is a fancy word for saying I get to talk to people all day long, <laughs> like we're doing right now. Um, so I, I'm a big part in uh, fostering the community. So that's both for SignalWire and FreeSwitch. Because uh, I'm a big part of the free switch world as well. Um, I'm sure a lot of the people who watch this will be familiar with that story. But uh, we started 19 years ago, 19, uh, with the free switch open source project. And I think Brian West might might be hopping on this call in a little bit. But yeah, this is the 19th ClueCon, 19th year, 19th year with free switch. Um, and about I think five years ago, uh, we started SignalWire. So we could start doing uh, some crazier things with the cloud, <laughs> doing some crazy things with uh, phones. Uh, and the idea there is just, you know, some of this, some of this stuff has such a huge learning curve. Um, and so we started SignalWire to make it easier for people. Uh, but my job is is a lot of fun. I get to hang out with people like you all day. Uh, I could proudly say in my personal history with this stuff, I, I can confidently say i've never used a landline in my life i remember growing up we always had like the voip lines and the, <laughs> the <laughs> everything like hooked up and then i've got my cell phone so i could proudly say never used a landline <laughs> um but that that's kind of how you could catch me um we have a conference every year ClueCon. we were talking about that before the call started so you can always find me there uh, we're trying to go out to more events um, now that, you know, uh, the pandemic, of course, not over, but slowing down, you know, and things are getting safer. We're trying to travel a, li a little bit more so we could get more face-to-face -face time with developers. And uh, I'm really excited about that. So that's kind of brief history on Abby. <laughs> and I um, I do recommend people check out the offer at SignalWire.com, Signal I would guess. Oh, yeah, signalwire.com. We've yeah, got, we so got some cool stuff cooking up. Check that out. I've been experimenting with it. I have a bunch of lines just for fun that I use to, to look at how whether they're down often and so on. And it really is 99, you know, however many nines, whatever it is, because I've never had any trouble with that. And I have tested, you know, I, I want to tell people about this. I have tested the offer. What is the name of the video conferencing? There's a name for it, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, so it's, so the video conferencing, we've got the, just the video APIs, and then we've got the programmable video conferences. And then we have a couple out of the box things that, that we can use, like uh, SignalWire work. SignalWire events, depending on what you're, how big you need it. Um, but programmable video conferences, I think, is the one you're thinking okay. of, where you can go and tinker with it uh, in the code. Yeah, and I think there's a way to get started and just play with it uh, without got, just, um, a credit card and so on, probably. So, or just call Abby; she'll hook you up. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got my own code. I can get you ten dollars in credit. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so we got two more people to introduce real quick, and then we'll get started, and hopefully people will jump in, and we'll ask them why they weren't here on time. Michael, what's up with you? 
that's a good <laughs> question, isn't it? Um, I am Michael. Uh, you know, years and years ago, during the UC, we interviewed David Frankel, then a founder of ZipDX, and some years later, he ended up hiring me, and here I am. Now, ZipDX is still a conference service, but that's really taken a backseat to uh, his new product, which is called Raptor, which is a, uh, a robocall surveillance system that's provided as a service to carriers. So we are sort of on the front lines of fighting the scourge of illegal robocalls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, a big thing in um, trans uh, interpre interpretation interpreters uh, online, is that still happening? Um, you know, it's kind of faded as um, the, the word, there's a lot of telecom, a lot of traditional telecom is slowly riding off into the sunset because of things like Teams and Zoom and WebEx. Yeah. So. We're going to have to go with age before beauty and give Andy before uh, Allison. <laughs> go ahead, Andy. I'll always, win the, I'll always win the age battle. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why I got to go before Andy? <laughs> no, we were such a whole other. <laughs> that was beauty. That was beauty before. I was having beauty before age. I'm I think it was, uh, punctuality. I was very early. Yes, <laughs> you were good for that. You were the first. I'm the non-geek in the group. The guy who has to humanize the everything that the great technologists come up with. But John, now that you're working with a church, I think it's timely that you are going to the cloud because that puts you closer to God. Huh. <laughs> I often teased um, Dave Gilbert from Simple Signal, when, who was a former pastor after he sold Simple Signal and he was getting back involved with the church. He should start a company called God's Calling and um, sell cloud voice services into the, yes. the church organization. And Dave said, that's a good idea, but he never did anything with it. So, John, maybe you can take God's Calling. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not interested in the commercial side of things. But I'm the guy who brands the business. I'm the one who comes in and helps the, the companies become tell their story, figure out what it is. Um, helped Abby's dad with the original story around Signal Wire a few years back. I remember going up to their house in Wisconsin a couple of days in a row to to work on it. The day we were launched, a couple of days before we launched it, at Clue Time. What was that? 2018, 2019, probably yeah. 2018, 2017, something like that. Brought some You're good wine. I brought, um. definitely brought some good wine. Uh, and the other side of me between running Communicado, which is a marketing services company, everyone always joked, you're a marketing communications guy, so I guess that means PR. I said, no, it's marketing communications. And it's all the communications, and whether it's companies like SightSpeed or, or TruePhone or others that are now you know owned by other people and have been acquired because we've done 57 exits now for about seven point something billion dollars. Um, I also have a passion for wine, which Randy knows about for many years, and I've commercialized that with a company called Winetoria, which is all about the wine roads less traveled. So the geeks and the grapes and everything else all blends together. And I used to enjoy going to Mobile World Congress on one week and then going to a wine conference a week after. So that's what I'm all about, and I'm here to help. And can't and wait Andy, to talk about AI. Andy, you you weren't uh, actually at you weren't actually at any of the conferences, but I don't know if you even knew this, but I was bringing Oberion to uh, Berlin and having all the geeks taste it. And I'm going, yeah, you listen to this, you know, if you're interested in wine, and a couple of them kind of liked it at three hundred dollars a bottle, right? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. we, we, ban <laughs> we banned the two Bs when we founded Wine Toria. We 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 crossed Bordeaux and Burgundy off the list because the goal is to make wine accessible. To people 
not just make it where you have to you know buy a bottle that you won't be drinking for five to ten years anyway right. we right. want people to be able to drink wine that's accessible and most wine is consumed within 48 hours of purchase most people don't realize uh, we want people to buy wine that they can drink now and lay down for later it's all that's, about selling well, they, will the wine. Be, they will be laying down if they're drinking that kind of wine <laughs> no, my we, dear my dear comes in the box yeah <laughs> allison yeah wine fountains in the cardboard allison it's so great to see you. it's been years hello how's everybody i remember our wine tour in bordeaux randy it was wonderful all right yeah we still have the photos incredible i was in an air cast because i had my broken ankle but managed to hobble around the vineyard so it was it was fantastic so how's everybody it's great to see you i think about you every time i go down that street with the funny place you were staying so uh, allison has had this cast on her ankle what you, is it a boot what do they call those things an air cast or a boot yeah yeah, I mean, it's a heavy, and they rented a place and it was on the third floor. So nice. Great. It was great. Yes. But, it was a, but it's a weird building, and it's one of four or five buildings that have that blue brick thing. And every time I go by oh. there, because it's unusual, uh, I, I think about you guys and hope that you'll be coming back soon. Oh, uh, we'd love that. Absolutely. No did you get? Did you get the joke in the LinkedIn comment about calling prisons to hear your voice? I think you must have. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You exactly. used to talk Actually, it's not 100% because you couldn't call the prison to hear your voice, but apparently yeah. when they call out. So, Allison, you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about for anybody who oh. somehow doesn't know. <laughs> well, so I'm Allison Smith and I'm a voice talent. I am heard on uh, numerous telephony platforms globally. Of course, I was the voice of Asterisk, uh, Free Switch, Free PBX. Um, yeah, and uh, some not so open source platforms. So I've done prompts for Verizon, um, Mitel, Shortel, a lot of the biggies. And so now I seem to be really doing a lot of prompts in the healthcare space. Mm. So I'm the voice of uh, St. Francis Healthcare, which is a big hospital network in the southern US. And I also do a huge, ironically, it's an orthopedic chain of clinics, uh, US foot and ankle clinics. So I have a lot of experience with it with uh you know that on the front line so i do a lot of that and there's a big pediatric orthopedic uh, sorry um uh, orthodontic clinic uh called choice healthcare so uh, i'm really really busy doing that i don't know why i slid kind of into health but it's uh, it seems to be pretty busy but of course the big topic in voiceover these days seems to be ai and how it's going to crush us all and take our jobs away so I'm trying not to be too, uh, okay, good. I'm seeing shaking heads going, no, never gonna happen. I don't know. I think it's a hybrid approach. So I've had a couple of companies build voice clones on my voice. So there's Murph AI uh, and another company out of London called Eleven Labs. They have built Virtual Allison, which is great. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna be a millionaire off of the sales of the Allison voice. And I think my clients will always want to order custom prompts from the ground up. I'm hoping yes. that this will be the case, but I know a lot of voice talent are going, oh my God. I mean, chat and GPT is incredible. You you literally cannot tell the difference between a human. You know, yeah. you know where, where I want you though, Allison, is in, the, is in my, uh, the robot vacuum. <laughs> because, I'm, because the voice, because the voice that says error, 
please Error. use, you know, it's, it's awful. I don't know. You, it's no, just Randy, not. I think you were there at the Astrocon. It might have been in um, San Jose. No, I don't know. It was somewhere in California. Mm -hmm. So David Troy uh, programmed the Roomba vacuum to work on Asterisk commands, which was great, <laughs> except he had me record some co uh, custom prompts that said, start sucking. Stop sucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those have haunted me to this day. I nah. <laughs> did they charge extra for that? <laughs> I sure did, Dad. Yes, I did. Yes. Did you have to dress a certain way to do those? Did not, Randy. <laughs> okay, thank you. My did imagination. Not. All right, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, AI, yes, I've tried 11. And as a matter of fact, I even paid them and did some, I've got some stuff recorded yeah. uh, using their voice and also using mine. I did clone my voice. And right off the bat, I could tell you that they're going to need at least a year, I would say, to get it right. Yeah. Uh, because I actually have stuff on Spotify that was read by them. I don't know if it's in my voice or not, but all mm -hmm. of the voices have a problem when they're reading the text, which is they're not actors, obviously. Yeah. So they're, there's very, very little expression. But I'm just guessing that they'll get it right in about, uh, excuse me a second, Brian's here. They'll get oh, yeah. it right in about a year, I guess. Okay. Brian okay. has like a voice bot he made, and the voice is so sassy. It's like ridiculous. Like he's so <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything he says is just really sassy. Of course it is. Hi, Brian. How are hey, you, Brian? my love? Andy, you oh, had a, you wanted to you want to jump in? Yeah, I, I've been playing with a lot of the AI tools and I've been making videos with them using Augie. Augie pulls on the 11 labs voices and it gets better and better and better the more you use it. Uh, the, the large language models are learning from everything we're all contributing. The ability to fix the speech, whether it's diction, speed, pace, all is how you use things basically like commas, spaces, or phonetically spell something out so I was doing a video that had to say rosé. I had to spell it out R-O-S hyphen A-Y or A-Y. And then once I did that, the Australian or the English language voice did it perfectly, whereas the U.S. voice that doesn't say rosé enough took a little longer to coax into doing it. Uh, the, so it's, it's more of, and again, I'm the non-geek in the room, and I always tell everybody, but I love to play with early technology. And the evolution of where ai is is reminding me because i have the gray hair like randy and others on this call reminds me of the 80s and 90s so in the 80s we were on the internet but there wasn't a web and we were playing with things like archie and veronica and all these other tools to search for things and find things and then along came the world wide web and some app called netscape well to me and i wrote this back in january and i was actually the first person to write it because I've seen a bunch of articles since, ChatGPT was the Netscape moment for AI. Because AI is like the internet, but ChatGPT is like Netscape because it humanized it and it brought it down to everybody where up until Netscape came along, we were on things like AOL and CompuServe and the source and Genie and a bunch of other things or we were really geeky we were on a bunch of Vax PDP 11s that were connected together by TimeNet and Times and, and Telenet and all these other groups. But AOL put a easy to use face on this thing that was the internet. 
and then the web came along and just i predicted then and i guess i was right that that was the death of aol because if you really look at it it was aol didn't realize it back then and people were oh this internet thing you know how do i connect to it i don't know i need a slip connection or i need a pop connection but anyway the chat gpt humanized what we can do and if you learn how to write the prompts you can get a lot out of it but if you have your own large language model and randy you do and i do and i gotta believe michael does and others that that we can point it to our own content and by pointing it to our own content it writes like us so th this whole thing of well they're not going to duplicate me i'm quite happy when i ask it to write something in the voice of so and then i did a campaign for somebody where i said okay do you want it to sound like steve jobs martin luther king john f kennedy or someone else and we ended up picking in the tone of martin luther king not voice just the writing style as if you wrote it oh. and 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 again there's a lot you can do with it and it's not about replacing people this is another example of where and like in your mm -hmm. case allison you can do a hundred times the number of voiceovers and then where you need to add your own personal touch to it drop it in well if you can cut a cut 10 hours of recordings in an hour you're still going to get paid the same no one's going to tell you to get paid differently. It's not about being paid less. It's about being more yeah. productive. Yeah. That, that's yeah. my preamble to this whole thing, Randy. I love it. Well, um, yeah, I, I will tell you that both Murph and uh, Eleven had me, had me record a very, very small corpus. Like it was literally only about four or five pages of paragraphs. And that made me wonder about how robust it was going to be um you know because kepstrel way back in the day had me record a phone book sized script of a bunch of really strange sentences and then they broke it down into phonemes so i was just sort of wondering with that little tiny bit of material how great the sound is going to be or how how much they're going to be able to forge out of that well, they've gotten to the point where they now have figured out how many minutes and how many different words, consonants, syllables you need to uh, emote. And by breaking that down into a smaller language model, they're able to then mix and match and slice and dice. It's kind of, yeah. Randy, it's, I look at a lot of this stuff like making wine. You know, I blend wine and make some pretty good wine that comes out winning contests because I've drunk so much and and, and I say that in, in the sense of I tasted so much, I'd be more spitting and drinking. But to me, working with AI is like blending different vineyard sources of Grenache or, or blending a five grape varietal of Grenache, Syrah, Morvet, Cunoise, and Sanso, and knowing which parts to mix together and when, and how much of this and how much of that. Well, the, the, the instructions, the prompts to me are like making wine. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up. I don't want to belabor this point too long because nobody else here besides you and I probably knows the actual process. But when people have the the uh, people who make wine after the harvest, they taste the juice. And a lot of times they will. So grape juice. Mm -hmm. 
and before it's fermented, they will decide what to do with it. And it, I never really thought about this, Andy, until you brought it up. But it's true that this requires, you know, dozens of years of experience for people to do this. And they do it by smelling, by tasting, you know, on and on. Anyway, it is true that that experience could be in some kind of a model, like a, like a language model, only it's not language, where all these factors are involved. So it's almost a little scary. That's an interesting point that I hadn't even occurred to me, is that experts getting away from like art, or graphics and writing, expert jobs, and we've seen this in medicine, by the way, expert jobs, an analysis of uh, all the brainwave stuff that they do and all that, the AI is getting really good at that. But here's one thing that it will never be good at, and that is having that personality when you're talking to somebody. Uh, and, and I don't know about you folks here, but I walk all the time. I don't have a car. So when I go to get vegetables, I'm talking to people or whatever, whatever the deal is, it's always talking to people and talking to people. You're never going to be able to talk to an AI. I mean, you can. There's movies about that, right? It, it could be done, but it would be so artificial and what weird that I don't think anybody alive today would be that comfortable with it unless you're like six. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Well, I think the very first thing that's going to take off, everyone yeah. talks about AI making movies and Netflix. I think, sure, that will happen and it's not going to be very good and we'll watch it anyway and there'll be so much we'll get bored of it. <laughs> but my prediction, I just want it on the record, is I think things like Cocoa Melon, I think the iPad kids are in for a flood of content based on this. <laughs> that's just my well, prediction. You, you look at where we're at today and all things relate back to Star Trek. You know, the flip phone was the communicator, the tricorder is the portable uh, health analyzer. We don't have transporter yet. Well, they have, but not really. You need someone like James Tag to explain that one. But <laughs> the, the reality is that the talking computer is AI. And we, we've already seen video conferencing that started in Star Trek long before, even though in 1964 there was a video phone. The Gene Roddenberry's foresight around the talking computer was AI because it was giving you answers based on in real time based on questions that were posed to it. So I, I would say that Leonard Nimoy and, and James T. Kirk and Spock and Kirk and everybody else were asking the computer questions. They were they were the first prompters of and and the Star Trek computer because they would say hey, computer on and the computer would turn on and then can you tell us about this and it would tell us about that so all things always go back to star trek that and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy brian you were going to say something. let me see there it goes i was making sure my mic works but yeah i i agree with that like when alexa first came out it was like oh my goodness i have this thing and it was i i think when alexa first came out she was much better than she is today i think they nerfed it a lot on the path it is now um but I, I think you're right. A lot of the things in our society kind of was planted in the minds of, of people along the way. And those people took those inspirations and they became what we have today. And I think it's going to continue to get, it's going to iterate so much faster now. Like Eleven Labs has a V2 coming out that's going to be better at the emotion component. And, and you can get, Randy, to address the thing you said about the emotion, you can get some of that emotion out of Eleven mm -hmm. Labs today with the stability and similarity settings, you can really make it get kind of comical uh, and excited. Uh, and we've done that on Abby's bot. We've done that on, on Lynette that she set up as, as a moving company. 
uh, the scammers would call to set up, uh, they want to move and it, people wouldn't realize they're talking to an AI. Yeah. Uh, and for example, it was so good that the guy on the phone from the moving company trying to scam you did a room by room inventory with the AI and, and she was listing off everything yeah. in each room as they went just so he could get her a quote. Uh, and, nine and minutes. It's <laughs> nine minutes. And then at about seven minute mark, he asked, is this an AI? And she goes, yes, as an AI virtual assistant. And they continued on for two more minutes, continuing inventory. So it, it, it it's a very interesting time. But I've also found out, uh, like when we start launched our AI agent uh, at SignalWire, that if the agent would say they were an AI agent up front, the caller would be more, more apt to interact in a more mm -hmm. human manner instead of just yeah. saying, Hey, I need to speak an operator or representative or cussing at it. Like, like, you know, has happened in the past. Um, and adds a little bit of flair and personality. Cause we use it to answer the phone at signal wire. I have a, an AI virtual assistant that answers my phone. Uh, when I just double tap, like if I don't recognize the number, I just double tap and it goes to the AI. And if they pass the test, that AI, Ethan, he can transfer back to me and send me a text message with information about that caller as the call is coming in. So I, I, it's very interesting technology. Um, and it's made me like, I think you saw my post on LinkedIn when I was talking about having to call electrify America and the process of getting through to somebody is antiquated, not very customer friendly. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, it's hundred percent not their fault. It's just the tooling and how it's been done. And I think we have a better way of doing it. And I think we need to, you know, like somebody jokingly said, we need to have a uh, pimp up my IVR kind of show uh, to like show some of this new okay. technology and how it could impact those customer interactions and allow it to directly without 14 menus deep getting to where that, that AI could classify the caller, get it right to where they need to go immediately instead of 14 different menus, which I think Allison, you've pointed out when people say uh, our menu options have changed. Well, do we care? I don't give a shit. I really don't care that your menu options change. You know, I want to talk to it, Brian West right no, now. I love that. You, you go through and then you have to like go through all the menus, tell someone what your problem was, and then they're like, okay, well, this is the wrong person. So they forward you to a new person. And you have to tell yeah. the problem again. Like the AI could just send all the agents like Absolutely. a summary of my conversation, and I'll only have to say my problem one time. That's yeah. A dream. Yeah. The worst. You know? The worst is you want you want to talk to somebody whose name you know, but yeah. you don't know how to spell their name because <laughs> you met them at a conference. They told you their name. They told you, and you want to go to the operator, and there is no operator. You're like zero, zero, You're and, like, and zero sorry. takes you back to the start of the no. entire menu, oh. And, oh, or you make a selection, and it says. Sorry, um, that option is no longer is not available. Goodbye. Goodbye. But, yeah, right. but in, all, in all fairness or whatever, if you think about how long websites have existed, right? And who hasn't gone, I mean, what, 25 years, something like that? Let's say for commercial decent websites, even if we said 15, 20 years, right? You go to a restaurant website, 90% of the time, it's all the chef's ego they don't have the address or the phone number on every single page like you should always do. They don't right. do any of the standard normal things that people do for usability. And when you find the phone number, you call the phone number. So now we're getting back to the IVR. Call the phone number. There was a two-minute, I did this in Santa Barbara, by the way, wanted to reserve. You, when you call that phone number to a restaurant, you probably want to reserve, right? You don't want to go, how do you do chicken? 
So there was a two-minute two-minute commercial about the restaurant. You know, there should have been an immediate reserve dial one or right. whatever today's exactly. thing is. And if it's going to be AI, the AI can say, what do you want to do? Reserve? Talk? Uh, whatever. Exactly. I don't even know how many things you want to do at a restaurant anyway. Know the address or reserve, right? Yeah, you don't even have about... to ask you. You could just straight up tell it. It could just say like, yeah. Tell us, like, what what are you calling for? And I'll tell them. And that saves me literally five and, and minutes. What, what about They've this one? They've already been to your website. If, if everybody designed an IVR knowing that <laughs> everyone has already been to the website and they're calling because they have something really specific or something yes. really awkward or sticky, you know, what, that's, yeah. What about this one? You call a restaurant and they say, we don't accept calls during service hours because oh. we're paying great attention to our customers who are already here. And I, so I said to a restaurateur one day recently, I said, what happens if someone needs to reach a guest who's yeah. dining at your restaurant? Oh. And he said, oh, well, they can call their cell phone. I said, some people are polite diners and turn their cell phones off or turn their ringer off they're not all here doing Instagram photos of your food. I said, what if it's the, I said, do you realize not having an addressable phone number is a health and safety issue as well as a health and safety violation? Just like hotels, you call the hotel switchboard from your room and they don't answer. Gee, I'm having a heart attack. Um, you know, I, I need a doctor. I can't get my cell phone. It's only in the other room being charged in the one place you have an outlet. And, but, the the amazing comment from him was you sure you clearly don't want to be dining with us and i'm like you're missing the whole point which is and and the problem is this is a person who grew up with no landline sorry abby who <laughs> obviously has grown up their entire life with her phone in their hand and also thinks that it's okay at a dinner table to be looking more at your cell phone than the people you're dining with yeah. and 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 those of us who are you know i mean i've been accused of having my phone constantly because 24 7 clients need you but the reality is that it's nice to have your phone away from the table <clears throat> it's nice to be able to enjoy the company of others in a real way not an artificially intelligent way and more importantly to be able to be reached if someone you know needs it and when i was in the arena business we always had a switchboard operator during the during events and what was the biggest reason why if someone had to reach a person in the stands there were no cell phones in the, in the 70s and 80s and early 90s not to the level they are today if there was a doctor in the stands we would send an usher and say dr resnick you have an emergency call please come with us to the concourse <laughs> office and the number of times doctors save people's lives that way, but yet it's it's become a missing piece in business. But to go back to the art, but an artificial intelligence engine could solve that problem, as Brian was talking. It's too easy to do this stuff using AI, using APIs, <laughs> using tools like SignalWire, mashing them up. I wish Thomas Howe was on this call, mashing them up with different um, different programs so that that important call for the spectator at a sporting event who needs to be found or the diner in a restaurant or a hotel guest gets reached. And it's going to be that famous Vonage moment where there was the fire or the baby dying and the 
babysitter didn't know how to reach 911 on a bondage line. And it's the same thing will have to happen before somebody wakes up and says, gee, the technology can make it better. Abby, you wanted to say something? Well, yeah, I, I think that's that's all a great point. It made me think of maybe a less um, less less uh, high stakes point. But I um, so there's safety, but then there's also just um, customer experience, which we were kind of talking about. But I think um, I talked about in my in my Klucon talk, which should be on YouTube like any day now. But I think 50 percent of of people want to get uh, a hold of a live agent 24 seven, like at any time, which is just impossible. Right. Like you can't do that. Um, and I think people take phones for granted. Uh, everyone in this in this room, uh, we love phones <laughs> and we have for a long time. But a lot of people don't think about that. But if if you think about it, every every business that exists, whether it's a one person dev shop or a restaurant has a phone number. And like Allison said, you wouldn't be calling unless you had a problem that you cannot solve. You would have solved it by now. So I think people really take for granted like how big of an impact that first point of contact can make on your customers' experiences. Um, so yeah, lives, lives are at stake here in the restaurant, but also you're just losing customers when you don't have to. I think it's what 79% of people uh, in this one Gartner study said that having a bad customer experience lowers their quality of life, which is like really dramatic. But <laughs> like this is, a, I think we love to talk about how AI can impact the future, which it can and it will, but it can impact right now. Like we could use this right now to make things better. So that is my point. And, and to what Abby was saying, uh, it's only going to get better from moving forward. It's going to get smarter, more flexible, more, uh, uh, you know, feature sets. Like, for example, the one we have answering our phone, her name is Sia. Uh, she has direct access to the REST APIs at Zendesk. Somebody calls in. Uh, for example, we had a gentleman that was testing her after the live wire I did about her AI right before KluCon. And it's quite comical because he didn't realize it was live and he asked a bunch of questions about free switch and asterisk and she nailed all of those out of the ballpark. And then he says, there's a scammer using your platform. And then she goes, I've opened ticket 3004 for you. We take this very seriously. Somebody from our support team will be reaching out to you as soon as possible to collect more information. And he's like, cancel ticket. Uh, she doesn't cancel tickets, but she can open them. And, and that goes to the fact of what Andy was saying about the restaurant. The AI would be able to call APIs to find out what, what seatings are available and actually book that for the caller with a very minimal effort. And, and, and the bigger thing that I see when it comes to something like we've put together with our AI agent is I have people approach it with this mindset, I'm going to program it. You can't approach this in that mindset. You have to approach it as I'm going to give it the list of things it's able to do and, and tweak it as needed. It's the prompt engineering. And I, and I see yeah. I see a lot of weird um, Reddit posts about, oh, you need to build your prompts like this or like that. And you got to do this and you got to train that. You really don't. You, it, it is so much. It, it's the thing I say is the AI knows everything and it knows nothing. And your prompt is what drives it. And you don't have to give it over prompting can get you a bad result as well as under prompting. So yeah, you got to, yeah. you got to fly that line pretty clear and be concise and, and 
a lot of us will make our English teachers very proud uh, getting this right because that that is what matters. One wrong word and you let the evil genie out is what what Anthony mm -hmm. says. You you use the wrong word or the wrong you know in the wrong context and the next thing you know, for example, he had the pizza demo taking orders and he calls it up one time and the AI goes, "Well, we're out of pizza." <laughs> so, you know, those are the types of things you and and you got to watch how you tell it. Like you can't say we're never out of pizza because that 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 never word, like those those strong negative words, really impact the prompt. You have to say we always have pizza uh, in your prompt. Uh, for example, we had a customer do a prompt where it's like never transfer the caller until you do this. Well, they did that, and the AI was too strong on that word never, and would still not transfer the caller. So it, it's those little minor changes. You can transfer the caller after this, but you can never say never in there. Uh, so once we optimized their prompt, it did everything it's supposed to do every time, all the time. I'm sorry. I didn't get that. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's Brian, the, uh, Brian, the prompt help. Um, Brian, are you finding that the customer's clientele of SignalWire and FreeSwitch are looking for deeper integration between the voice and the other services? And is anyone making it really easy for another service? Like you talk about the restaurant reservation, having mm -hmm. that, not doing a web hook, but actually doing a real native integration with something like Resi or Open Table or Google reservations. And because it's all there. Yeah. The information exists. You could do those deep integrations with our AI agent. It is capable of all of that. All of the hooks are there for you to tie it together. Uh, we're in the process of doing some work to make that simpler for people to do. Um, it would be nice to be able to just like OAuth your calendar uh, and it have access. The, 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 the thing you have to be careful of and like a best practice is you don't want to give the AI things you want it leaking out. Like you don't want to give it phone numbers. So you have to like be careful what you give it because it'll just blab it all if somebody asks for it. Um, for example, when we do, like I have a transfer function uh, for our AI to transfer callers to a different destination. I don't give it phone numbers. I just give it like tags like support and Brian. And that function translates mm -hmm. those to their actual right. target. So the eight, cause you can give it the phone number. It's just going to confuse the hell out of it. And you can't say the function is a phone number because if you do, it'll ask the user, what phone number do you want to transfer to? You can't do that. So I've, I've changed it and worded it as, the transfer function is to transfer to a target. And that target right. is in my prompt, I say transfer to Brian or transfer to support. And it does that like clockwork. No, no well, mistake. Remember, remember the line in the Beatles song, you know my name, so look up my number. Um, what we're saying is you don't need to know my number. You just need to know what you want to connect to, who or what or where. And the AI will say, it's eight o'clock in the morning in Los Angeles. I'm going to transfer this call to the support person on the East Coast. Yep, exactly. That that type of logic is basic logic for almost it, any type of program. Not for humans, does, though. You don't have to program that into the AI. It right. knows that. It, told it knows it that. to do it that, correct. That. Yeah, what exactly. I'm is the AI is smarter than the human because I'm on the West Coast. You know how many people call me at 6 in the morning to the point where I never used to turn my phone off? I go into do not disturb mode and I also set my Apple devices into focus mode that I don't even want to know that something happened before 7 a.m. Even though I might be up and working. Why? I like me time and the AI. I look at Apple's focus tool as lightweight AI. 
because it looks at it and says, if this isn't on for this app, turn everything else off. Funny thing so, happened with regard to these uh, hourly things, which is that you can call the Social Security Administration in the United States and they have hours of, let's say, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So I'm calling, calling, calling. I realized my number, it's a Google Voice number, is in California. In fact, I went to SignalWire and got a New Jersey, got a New Jersey <laughs> number specifically so I could get into the damn Social Security number. But it's funny because it's it's kind of an overkill. It kind of it, it's wrong that they actually do that in one way, because I don't think the people who are answering the phones are necessarily in the well. Maybe they are in those time zones, but for whatever reason, kind of messed me up, and I had to. Uh, hack it by uh, getting a new signal voice signal wire number that was in New Jersey. So actually, Randy, it has nothing to do with where the people are working. It actually has to do with where the Social Security um, recipients are, and and they come up with how many people they need to staff and how many hours and how many calls per hour they can take. And they and you got to realize that you know even though you're living in France now, 25 percent of U.S. population is between Richmond, Virginia, and Boston, Massachusetts. And as a, that's the most densely populated region in America. It's also an Eastern time zone. So Eastern time zone hours are a little longer for everybody. Western time zone people, we're the ones who are, we don't get the benefit of you can call until nine o'clock on the East Coast. Right. We get you can call right. until seven. But the person on the East Coast, if they want to, can reach through and, and reach a central mountain or pacific time zone representative doing exactly what you did spoofing their outbound annie or caller id let me just uh a quick note by the way on google voice is that they are no longer allowing uh, all these google voice numbers that i have now i can't verify them because now they detect whether it's a really a mobile operator <laughs> so i cannot i can no longer forward that's just a quick incidental thing they've made those changes so that you you know uh the banks, for example, when they use calls to verify, I have never been able to verify with the Google Voice number because they make sure that there's a, it's a carrier number. So that's just a point. Oh, it, it, it has to do with, I'll be clear on that. It has to do with KYC, know your customer. And <laughs> I actually had this battle with Wells Fargo, who I've been a customer of since exactly. 1991 when I moved to California. It was called First Interstate. And my google voice number and remember i was part of the team with craig and vincent we helped launch it and i was the original shareholder with it and it paid for my wedding um the um reality was that was my phone number on my account from about 2005 until somewhere around 2010 2011 where they caught on and said gee this is a voip number and what it was is if the number was sitting within bandwidth.com or pacwest the phone, the, the bank's company, the third party company that was educating them on this stuff said, oh, these aren't real phone numbers. And my argument back to Wells Fargo was, you've been calling me on this phone number since 2005. It's right. been listed on my it's account. <laughs> it's been working on my account. And this third party tells you it's not a real number. And they said, well, well, I said, but there's another problem you have. You're using Know Your Customer technology. That is aligned to my paid, because I had transferred it over early on from being a free Gmail to being part of my Communicano domain. It's now part of a paid account with Google, 
that has my credit card from my bank with know your customer information. I said, you're totally wrong. And they were like, uh, I said, do you understand that I understand this better than your people do? Why don't you let me talk to somebody? So I finally got a mobile guy who I talked to. And he goes, you're absolutely right. He goes, these people are making all the wrong decisions. Six months later, he sends me a note. He goes, I'm looking for another job. Working here is impossible. You can't get anything done. They are so far behind. There's no way they're going to let that go, though, Andy, because it's a part of, you know, and there's so much bank fraud. I kind of understand it. So what I have to do is I have to call my son and say, because he works nights anyway, I say, are you available to send me the code? That's the only way it works. And let's face it, while we're talking about two-factor, sending me an email or an SMS is stupid. You know, that's ridiculous. Right. So either use Grow Up, West, Wells Fargo, Grow Up, use a use an app, or leave use us an RSA key. You know, I mean, that's just that's ridiculous. Well, anyway, wait, then they tell you to use an RSA key, right? So they want you to carry this big thing around on your key ring everywhere you go, which you can lose. Right. And I said, why don't you use the soft key on the on the smartphone? Right. And Oh, well, we're, we have that on our roadmap, the famous words. It's on our roadmap. Okay, well, Sadly, I think to be on the roadmap, you have to be on the highway, and you guys even, are not on the information <laughs> highway. They, they've already ran off the cliff by that point. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they yeah. should, you know, stop opening bank accounts for people without telling them and then charging them overdraft fees while they're at it. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's right. It's a whole other story that I would talk about off mic as well with any of you with them uh, because we had a little problem with them. Anyway, point is the reason I stay with a bank like that is because it's very hard to change banks for a million reasons when you live in this, you know, overseas. Yeah. I want to get back to I want to get back to something else regarding AI, but before I do, I want to say that Brian and and Abby, uh, we really, I mean, I'll be happy to be involved in uh, one of these where we actually do this AV this. Uh, uh, IVR business, uh, if you want to do something like that, or you can do it on your own, let's face it. But I'm happy to go into those details and just do nothing as a theme for this call, which is mostly once a month. If you want to do that, let's talk about it. Uh, we could do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Love we got a I lot just... of cool bots we could show. We're also working on something. It, it's it's maybe, Brian, you want to talk about it, but with with if anyone's in our community channel it's not a secret or anything but with aaron um what is his last name aaron nakoka yes the, that's it. we could talk about that a little bit on um, the efforts that we're that we're trying to get ai to help um connect families in with the hawaii fires that are happening oh that's a big good one and brian you can always include me in any kind of testing playing goofing around with stuff you, yeah. have, you know that I, I love to break things <laughs> we love, we, i also love to break things that could be a fun call we could just um just give you stuff to break <laughs> yeah, yeah i love break anything except a wine glass or a wine bottle those are the only two no, things no. i don't like to break never never break those <laughs> right, well we'll talk about that offline and maybe organize that call that'd be great, yeah, great. I, yeah. I just wanted to get back to allison anybody else who's interested in understanding this bit, which is that um, if Andy, if you write a long blog post about some wine or something about wine, uh, or Allison, your voice is on the internet in a million places and it's available and downloaded, they can download all the, maybe not the Kepstro, but all of the audio uh, asterisk prompts. I mean, I've had fun with those I've put together. You have six inches. So I don't know, whatever that, 
Uh, so the point is that Please, you my voice is being used not for good. Wait. I'm that's, Allison, uh, you're on more porn. You're on more porn sites than you probably know. She, you she, knows, no what, she knows the first word I had it say. <laughs> you well, no you know what I was doing this past week is I was voicing an auto dialer that called registered sex offenders to tell them that they're in violation of their parole. Okay, so that's a project that I kind of wish would be outsourced to the bots. Um, it just gives me the creeps. Yeah. Well, my, this is a good question for you. Yeah, like, so, like, obviously, I think that's how these models are going to work eventually. Do you, do you feel like, would you be able to put restrictions on what people use it for? Or if you put it out there, can they use it for whatever they want? Yeah, it's you know, I did ask that question of both Murph and Eleven, and they said, yeah. you know, we, we try to screen users and try to make sure it's not used for hate speech and, you know, yeah. the, the standard stuff, but there's really so much they can do to right. police it. So, yeah, no, I, I always feel very uncomfortable. Capstrel years ago, when Trump was elected, uh, Patrick said, you probably had uh, a, a part in getting him elected, and that just made me drink wine that night. I a lot of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, because, you're highlighting, you're highlighting yeah. something here that, that we didn't which was related to, um, you know, we're doing the thing with the Maui fire so we can connect and collect, but that shields humans from having to hear the stories because just, just being involved in hearing the, all of that could, that you, you will get trauma from that. So, you know, the AI can shield humans from some aspect of that as well. Yeah. To Allison's point, it's called, it's called guardrails. Guardrails? Guardians. Guardrails. And yeah. just like if you post to YouTube, you can say this is for children, this is for kids, or this is safe for kids or not. The, the professional firms will start to be able to put things in where, you'll be, where you'll be able to do digital watermarking that says this cannot be used on a site like. And then with, with everything on the cloud, the AI recording could actually have embedded digital fingerprinting that says go check here no this domain with a triple x is not allowed by allison now dot uh, r yeah. maybe you're going to be okay with an r definitely pg definitely g so <laughs> that you we will see a rating system for voice and video generated by ai because the yep. technology is there and maybe yeah. someone's already developed this type of digital fingerprinting the same way organizations like Pink Champagne used to track um, recordings that were being streamed by Spotify and Apple Music and others in order to provide ratings and rankings and, and the stats. So the technology's there. It's a question of whether groups like NVIDIA and Microsoft and Meta and Apple and Google all get OpenAI, all get behind these types of things and say we anticipate this problem but remember we're still at where the world wide web was in year one after tim berners lee invented it we're still with <laughs> chat gpt at mm -hmm. where netscape was and we're also where things like the tools to build websites you remember when back then there was thousands of these website building tools that came out you can create a, a template <clears throat> on the web and have a website and Yahoo bought a bunch of these companies for hundreds of millions of dollars and then they disappeared. That's where we are with AI. We are we we are very experienced at using a lot of tools 
that are mature now that 20 and 30 years ago, remember the web is 30 years old almost. Mm -hmm. Yahoo is 29 years old right now. And the relaunch of Apple is only 26 years ago. We are, we are in its infancy and we have to do our part to not criticize what's being done and not condemn it, but say, this works, but if you did this, it would be better. And that's going to create a bunch of industries that companies like SignalWire will spin out an AI division that does nothing but AI voice identification, voice fingerprinting, um, voice tracking, so that Allison's voice isn't ripped off by John to tell people to go put money in the, in, in the, in the charity box or not to forget to put their hand in the holy water when they leave. You know, all of those things can be done, but that would only appeal to the, the, the parishioners. It wouldn't go to anybody else who's a visitor. But what I'm saying is the technology is there. We can build it. We just have to have everybody realize that we're babies. AI is literally an infant. Yeah. Uh, the point I was trying to make when I started talking about Andy, your wine blog, or Abby, your presentations, you must have written stuff that's on the web that's brilliant presentations of the products and marketing and mm -hmm. everything else. John, you, I don't know what you do that's public, maybe maybe not much, but whatever you do that is public. And uh, Allison, as I was saying, her voice has been recorded. You could get thousands and thousands of prompts, words especially, mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff that you could mix together. And I have two hundred, at least 250 musical compositions online, if not more. I don't even know how many, that's how many. <laughs> it's, I've lost track, literally. Yeah. Apple says 180, uh, YouTube has 150, whatever. The point is, the day when they start sucking this content in, whether it's your writing or your music or your voice reading prompts, we've gotten to the point of analysis where they can, not maybe not today, but they, the, the, um, the fake Allison of today is a baby, but in a year, two years, three years max, they can have an exact Allison, just like all of the people in uh, the movies, all the actors are worried about having a perfect video. That may be three to five years where you can actually have a movie where there's actually no actors, right? But that's gonna happen. So the final word on this from a lot of people who create things like graphics is, CCC. Now I've got to remember what that is. It's uh, it's comp. It's okay. This is one of those control counterintelligence. Somebody help me out here. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, wrong wrong background it's check. Credit. It's credit. It's uh, the saying it's okay. So that's what's the word for that? Consent. Consent, no. thank you. Credit, That's consent, hard. and compensation. It's incredible that I just oh. you know, did that. But you, you, consent. I guess the third one, cash, cash. No, the fourth one's cash. Compensation. But, I do. I see a lot of settlements in the in the. Yeah. So the Randy? point is, you've got to have. If if Allison, if all of these contracts are based on consent and compensation and credit. Yes. And you can, yeah, maybe you go, okay, for another $100, I don't care about credit. You know, okay, there are things yeah, where it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. But it has to start with consent, yeah. like sex. And I'll leave it at that. Let, let me throw something in there. There's a big thing these days about name, image, and likeness, NIL. And that's the right to own it. So someone like Allison, if you trademark your name, 
you copyright you, you copyright your picture so you've trademarked your name allison smith tm registered trademark wherever you've done it u.s world intellectual property organization your image your face mm -hmm. your hair everything your image you have taken significant steps to protecting that now if there's a way to copyright your voice and i don't believe our patent laws have gotten there yet we need that we need that right? we, 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 i don't believe that and i wish we had a patent attorney or a, or a trademark copyright attorney on this call if there is a way to protect your voice then you would control the licensing rights to your voice because in every licensing agreement you as the licensor have to agree to protect the licensee which are companies like 11 and murphy against misuse of your voice your name your image your likeness and that's that's baked in almost every licensing agreement i've ever seen that the licensor has to be the one doing the protecting not the licensee so they put their onus back on you but there's this gray area it's called your voice and your livelihood is based on your voice well, if law, your, right? If, if law and order can catch criminals based on them taking it to the lab, the forensic lab, and list, you know, rec recording the voice and then saying this voice matches, which I think right. they could probably do to an extent. They can do. I've got to go, uh, guys. That's it. All right, Brian. Good to see you. Let's see, you, man. Uh, Andy, I'm going to message you independently. We need to talk more about this. Yeah. You know, the virtual Allison can go ahead and earn me all sorts of passive income as long as the money goes into the real Allison's bank right. account. Yes. That's, no, that's what oh, I'm yeah. talking about. And name, you image, know? and likeness is so important, but it need, we need to move past likeness to actually persona and voice. I mean, think of yes. your Jack Nicholson. I mean, where did he get a load yeah. of me? And, um, but that's a famous line that he used in some in Batman as the Joker, I think it was, but that lot, that segment has been used many times, but who owns that? Jack Nicholson owns that, or does the writer own it, or do they both own it? Who gets the royalties from that when it gets cloned? Who gets that? All I'm saying is voice has to become part of name, image, and likeness. Yes, as you, sure. as you know, there is there is legislation on for music, their methodology to sue people. Then it comes back to how much money do you want to put into the lawsuit? Anyway, this is all good, all good information. Uh, we're going to try to do this the last Friday of every month, by the way. Right. This is the last Friday every month. So I want to thank everybody who's joined. A couple of people had to split, but that's normal. You got life, right? Yep. Uh, but I think we're going to have to catch up to the reality of all this. Thank you.